This is the weekly message from Hope Church Malmesbury. We're so glad you can join us. This week's sermon is part of our series, The Promise and the Purpose. We're walking slowly through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, promise by promise. Find out more about Hope Church and how to support our ministry at www.thehope.church. I hope this message will help you to see the good purpose that God has for your life and help you to walk in faith and rely on his promises every day. Here's the message. Hello everyone. So it's the uh, first Sunday in Advent and we're, we're, we're changing our, 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 our theme. So we're no longer walking through the book of Luke. Well, not next Sunday, but I'll be looking at Luke this Sunday. Um, <clears throat> But we're starting a new series and it's entitled uh, Witness His Majesty. And before I preach, we just got uh, a short four minute video, which is done by the Skit Guys. And it's Mary's mum. with one's first child. Every mother is acquainted. Worry. When one is young, one prays. When one becomes a mother, one burns the midnight oil. You know what I speak of. My back, my hip, gifts from my first child. such an easy child. And then she met this quiet carpenter. Nice enough young man. Though her father and I worried if he could provide. That soon became the least of our worries. She, uh, she came to me quietly one morning talking of angels trying to explain this child that she had conceived. Mind you, every Jewish girl's dream is to be chosen to give birth to the one. Yet I could hardly bear to listen. It's one thing to conceive out of wedlock, but this story... How could she lie to her own mother? that haunt me every day. This, this is how I greeted the long-awaited savior of our people. But when I finally understood when I finally believed an ecstasy spilled out of me 
Had it been there this whole time? I was to be the grandmother of the Messiah. I don't know what I expected after that. Perhaps a more suitable birth plan for a king and his mother. But what do I know? I know this. The very first thing I said to my sweet Mary was, what have you done? should have said was let's see what God can do. Yes, indeed. Look what God has Mark said to me he was going to, before my message, he would have a video from the skit guys. I thought, I expected something really funny. <laughs> Far from it. Um, quite touching uh, insight, I think. I mean, plainly we don't have scripture to tell us, uh, I mean, whether or not Mary's mum was even alive, but as an insight perhaps into the sort of emotions uh, that she might have gone through. I think it's very accurate, isn't it? And uh, in fact, I'll, I'll touch on some of the things that she talked about as I go through my message this morning. So, um, we thought we'd escaped Luke, but I'm going back to Luke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, so I'm going to look at Luke 1. Um, and I'm going to just look at this incident where Mary encounters the angel, basically. Um, but just to set a little bit of context, so we're going to pick up Luke 1 at verse 26. And uh, before that happens, we have this incident where uh, Zacharias, um, who's uh, in a house of Levi, I guess, because he's a priest, um, basically he gets visited by an angel, and he's told that him and his wife, who are an older couple, are going to have a baby. And um, <clears throat> like all good men, he responds in faith, not. Um, and uh, the, because of that, he has to keep his mouth shut now for nine months. Um, but basically, his, you know, him and his wife, Elizabeth, are going to have John the Baptist. And uh, we pick the story up in Luke 1, uh, at the point where uh, Elizabeth is basically six months pregnant. So uh, here we are, Luke 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. So here we have some, um, I don't know whether it's some God-forsaken back end of, uh, of Israel at this point in time, but it's up in the hill country in the north where people speak funny-like. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know whether they had an accent like that, but their accents were plainly unusual because when, when Peter's by the fireside in the incident just before Jesus is crucified, um, 
the, the, the woman is hearing him, and she says basically, oh, you're, you're, you're from up Galilee way, you're up from the Norse country. So plainly there was something distinctive about the way they spoke. But anyway, we have this angel Gabriel, and uh, angel, uh, Gabriel's only named twice in the New Testament by name. Um, it's this incident, and when he turns up to talk to Zacharias about his baby, and he's mentioned twice in the Old Testament by name. And that's when Daniel was seeking insight for a vision that he'd had. And uh, Daniel has this vision, and basically uh, he prays to God, and the angel is dispatched as soon as he prays. Um, and Gabriel uh, comes and visits and explains the vision to him. So, uh, whether uh, this would have been quite interesting, wouldn't it? How would you feel? You're a teenage girl, and this big angel arrives on the scene. Um, verse 27. Um, yeah, so now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So the angel is sent to a virgin. It had had to be a virgin birth. Um, So why why on earth did it have to be a virgin birth? So, first of all, there was a fulfillment of prophecy. So in Isaiah chapter 7, we can read this. Uh, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, uh, this translation says the virgin. The King James says a virgin. Uh, The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So we have a prophecy 700 years, 700 years before the birth of Christ. This prophet of God wrote that the Messiah would be born from a virgin. 700 years. So it it demonstrates a number of things to us. One is that God intervenes supernaturally. Okay, so God's interested. (laughs) He intervenes supernaturally. The second thing, um, it's obvious really, but Jesus was born. So God in the flesh made himself vulnerable as a baby. Uh, he, he didn't kind of like just appear on the scene, as it were. Do you know what I mean? He didn't just fly in and try and sort things out. He came in among us as a man and was born. And uh, as is pointed out in the video clip, <laughs> not too smart a place either, was it? Uh, a barn. <laughs> Um, It wasn't even his hometown. It was Bethlehem, where they had to go for some census or something. Um, The other thing is that uh, Jesus was born sinless, which is incredible. So if if it wasn't a virgin birth, you could could imagine, okay, how on earth could Jesus be born sinless if it wasn't a virgin birth? So even with a virgin birth, I think people have pondered that a little bit. Maybe we understand a bit better now. Because we know that the blood supply of the baby is not mixed with the blood supply of the woman. So they can have two different blood groups. So Jesus' Jesus's blood could...
could be blood that was sinless, which is astonishing. And the fact that Jesus was sinless is a, is a key doctrine to our faith. If Jesus wasn't sinless, he could not pay the price for our sin. He, uh, he couldn't do it. So it's, it was critical for that to happen. So we have this teenage girl who allowed herself to be used by God in this way. And we'll come more of that in a minute. Um, so because Jesus was born sinless, um, some people have postulated that Mary must have been born sinless. Okay, then where do you stop? But, but plainly that's nonsense. And that's why I like uh, the latter part of this verse. So in going back to verse 28, um, it says, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, a lot of the newer translations miss out the words, Blessed are you among women. But the King James, New King James has that. And I just think it's helpful. Because Mary was blessed, but she was blessed among women. Um, she was chosen and she uh, yielded to God and was obedient to him. But that's what made her special. Um, she wasn't a perpetual virgin, for instance, as, as you hear some will teach, because Jesus had brothers and sisters. Um, so I just, it's just a helpful. Blessed among women. <clears throat> okay, pressing on, verse... 29, Luke 1. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Hallelujah. <laughs> what is it? There's some preacher who says, I've preached myself happy. Just read, the, just, just, just read the scripture. That's stunning, isn't it? So Gabriel gives uh, Mary this very clear message of what's going to happen here. Um, so he's actually quoting from Isaiah 7.14, which we just read a little bit earlier. Um, and he's actually quoting from bits of Isaiah 9. I think there's some of Micah 4 in there. I mean, there's all sorts uh, wrapped, wrapped into this. Um, this, this promise of, of the Messiah. So the one who was promised to Israel, uh, but from which we benefit. Uh, he became the savior of the world. Stunning stuff. So, what is Mary's response? So Mary then said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? So Mary pings this question straight back at Gabriel, um, not an unreasonable one. And in my head, Zachariah, when, when Gabriel said the same, not the same thing, when G Gabriel said to Zachariah, you and your wife are going to have a baby, even though you're actually quite an old couple, he also pinged back a question. But the angel's response to, to Zechariah was to shut his mouth for nine months. So how is it that 
her question is different from Zacharias's question. Because Zacharias said, and Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well advanced in years. So I put them side by side here. So you can just see that you can see the subtle difference between the two, really. So Mary plainly believes, because she's simply asking a question. Okay, Gabriel, I hear what you're saying. That's a Dave Jones translation, right? I hear what you're saying. How is this actually going to work out? Whereas Zacharias is basically saying, how shall I know this? Zacharias is basically saying to Gabriel, Gabriel, I don't care, all right? You, you may look smart. You might have flown in here. You might have massive wings. You might say you're from God, but do you know what? I don't believe you. I want additional proof. So Zacharias was looking for additional proof. And the response to his unbelief was to get his mouth shut for nine months, which I'll touch on a bit more later. But Angel's, uh, Angel, Mary's question, not an unreasonable one, is it? So she, she believed, she believed what the angel said, but she asked a very reasonable question. Okay, how is this going to work out then? Um, so the angel then ex, ex, explains. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. I love that phrase in verse 37. For with God, nothing will be impossible. For with God, nothing will be impossible. So the angel outlines basically, okay, this is how it's going to work, Mary. Okay, so no scary operation or anything like that. You know, I mean, it's the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and that's how it's going to work out. And Mary's response um, is a challenge to us all. So Mary responds, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So Mary conveyed two things here. One is she... She identified herself as being available for God to use. She said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. What she's saying, use me, use me. And then she gives God permission. In, in, in my head, she gave God permission. She said, let it be to me according to your word. And I believe at that point is when she conceived. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So let's just ponder, ponder this a bit, because I think this, is, this young girl's uh, reaction is, is a real challenge to us today. Um, how old was she? I don't know. 13, 14, 15, maybe 16. She's a teenager. Okay. Did she know about the promise of the Messiah? I think so. They made the comment in the video we saw earlier that every girl's dream was to be the mother of the Messiah. I think there was probably an element of that, particularly at this point in Israel's history with the Roman occupation and so forth. There was a looking for the Messiah. 
Uh, I think Mary had quite a good understanding of scripture, although she was a girl. And I think uh, Mark talked very briefly about that some weeks ago when he talked about uh, women in leadership and women in ministry. Um, and at, the, uh, at this point in time, women were not taught scripture typically. Um, but when later on you read in Luke with Mary's Magnificat, it's called, I mean, she clearly had a very good grasp of scripture with some of the things that came out of her mouth when she shared that. So you've got this teenage girl um, who knows stuff about scripture and she knows something about her God. And she has plans. She's, she's planned a wedding, all right? She, she's, she's had to grapple with whether or not you invite Uncle Ernie and who's going to sit by you know, Cousin Fred or whatever. She has plans. And yet, in this very brief encounter with this angel, she basically lays all that to one side. She, she, you know, she says, Behold, you know, maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And I think that's an incredible challenge for God's people today, for us as Christians today. You know, how prepared are we to lay aside what particular plans we might even have for that day, let alone for next month or next year or, or whatever happens to be? And I, I think we really need to hear what God is, is saying in that. And Mark, when Mark shared that passage from Ezekiel with speaking to the bones, I mean, Ezekiel had to open his mouth and speak out what God was saying to him. And if Ezekiel, God in his wisdom, made man part of the equation. Um, if Ezekiel didn't speak the word out, then those bones would not have been restored in the way they are. Now, we find, we find that really hard to grasp because we think, well, God's God. God can do what he wants. Yeah, God can do what he wants, but he chooses to make us part of the equation. And, and that means we sometimes disappoint him and we, we sometimes don't respond in the way that he would want us to. We don't do the things he would sometimes want us to do. We, we don't participate in the things he would want us to do sometimes. And sometimes we just sit there and we refuse to open our mouths. <laughs> in whatever situation you might find yourself in, where that's applicable to you. But this teenage girl from this backwater in Israel basically allowed herself to lay aside all her plans and to say, okay, use me, God. Use me, God. Now, you can say to yourself, well, okay, Dave, she was about to give birth to Messiah. <laughs> Yeah, I agree, but there's a principle in that. There's a principle in that, isn't there? And we need to receive that challenge. She believed, she had this response to the angel where she believed what she was being told, and she yielded to, to, to God in her life. And use me, use me. And I, we need to do that. We need to do that. Incredible. So she trusted God. But God did not let her down, did he? He, did, he, did, he? In many ways, he gave it back to her because not, Jesus wasn't her only child. She had, you know, as I said earlier, Jesus had brothers and sisters. How do you know that, Dave? Well, it says. I mean, Jesus was teaching in one place. We probably even looked at it in Luke at some point in time. I'm sure we must have. <laughs> and, um, 
people said to him, look, your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside. Um, so Jesus had brothers and sisters. In fact, one of his brothers became leader of the church in Jerusalem for a while. So she got something of her life back. Um, yeah, so let's just receive that, that challenge this morning uh, that God, God would have. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, so let's pray. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, just before, just before we pray, I, I just want to share something. As I was preparing this sermon, um, I just was touched over the situation with Zacharias and his wife and how that they had been trying for a child for years. And I just really feel in my heart, there's someone watching, and it's got to be a recording now because this isn't live, but there's someone watching, and you've been try- you're an older couple, you've been trying for a baby, and um, you're even in a second marriage, I think you're in a second marriage, and you've thought to yourself, I don't deserve to have a baby. And I believe, <clears throat> I believe God is saying to you that you will have that child that you're trusting him for. And in fact, I'll go as far to say that around this time next year, I just believe that in my heart, you will have that baby. Uh, but also, I just believe God will warn you too with what happened to Zacharias, and that is keep your mouth shut and just speak out the promises of God and don't speak out your own doubts and fears. Just speak out the promises of God. But I just believe it's a word for someone watching. It's a very specific word, so please let us know if that's you. And you can email the church. You can email info at thehope.church. And when that baby's born, please send us a photo. Okay, let's just pray. Father, we just thank and praise you for your goodness. And Lord, we're, we're challenged by this young teenage girl who laid her life down before you. And Lord, just help us. Help us, what to know what, help us to know what that means for us today or what that means for us tomorrow. Uh, what do we lay down today? What do we lay down tomorrow so that we do something for you instead. How does that work, Lord? And uh, Lord, just help us to just be sensitive to the promptings of your spirit so that when you do put something into our mouth to say, we will speak what you're saying to us. Be that to our neighbor, to our friend, to our family, to our children, to our spouse, to our parents. Uh, whatever it happens to be, Lord, that we would speak your word uh, to those around us. And uh, Lord, that we would be uh, yielded, truly yielded to you in every area of our lives, Lord, and that we would be a light and a beacon for you in the situations that we find ourselves in. Lord, I thank you for that word from earlier about us being a sweet smell. Lord, I thank you that you are the rose of Sharon, And may we be that sweet smell amongst the people that we find ourselves with. 
And that, Lord, you would be glorified through our lives and, and the lives that we touch. In Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. And the people said, Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Our God is a good God. Yeah, go for it. I was just, um, just feeling the, the story of Mary uh, receiving this news. Um, the, the, the words that kept going through my head were, our life is not our own. My life is not my own. Um, and then I remembered that Solomon says, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. And that's true if you try to live your life for yourself. Because it is meaningless. Think if, if Mary hadn't been chosen to bring the Son of God to, to you know, to, to bring salvation, then she would have just lived a very boring, meaningless life, okay? And, and we're not designed for that, and we're not here for that. And, and then I was just, I was mulling over that, and then I got this picture of a jigsaw puzzle. Um, and if you've ever done a jigsaw puzzle, there's pretty much nothing more frustrating than having a piece missing, especially in the middle of the picture, especially in a key part of the picture where you can't now even see the picture properly because of this piece that's missing. And I believe that this is a, a word for somebody or several, I don't know, uh, people here because and possibly online, not just in this room. Um, because we, we become the missing piece when we either take ourselves mentally out of the picture. When we say, yeah, them, their life is not their own. They belong to Jesus. They're doing the job. It's nothing to do with me. That takes us out of the picture. But the other thing that takes us out of the picture is just not coming, just not being part of the picture. And I believe that both are held in tension here. And you know, as a pastor, my heart is to see people gather and, you know, I, I, why would I run a church if I didn't think that meeting together was important? Um, and um, so, so I just want to encourage you to consider your part of the puzzle. And, and I want you to know something. We're not all called to bring the Son of God to earth, okay? It's not that big a deal, what we're called to, and yet it's huge. Do you know that when you go for a walk and you say, good morning, Good morning. You may have blessed that person in a way you just can't even imagine. When you just reach out and you say, are you okay to someone? You might not have to do anything else than just check on them, but they love, they suddenly feel like somebody cares. Okay, so please don't minimize your tiny piece of the puzzle. Your piece is so, so, so important. And God has you here for such a time as this, and God has you listening for such a time as this. And, and we are not here for ourselves, because if we are, life is meaningless, meaningless. So let's find our part in the puzzle and do our pieces in the puzzle, because we're all here for such a time as this. Father God, I thank you that you um, have called each of us, Lord God, to believe just as Mary did. And I pray, Lord God, that we will believe that we are here, uh, not for meaningless reasons, Lord God, but there is a purpose and a plan over each and every life in this room, Lord God. And some of us may, 
may have the role of just bringing blessing and smiles to people as we pass them. And others of us may have um, roles that we haven't uncovered yet. But Lord, I pray that each and every mind and heart right now will have a ping and have, a, have a, an alert, Lord, just like our phones alert us uh, to a notification. Lord, I pray that we will get a notification in our hearts and minds right now from your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that we have a part to play in the grand design of life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen, church. You are dismissed. Hallelujah. <laughs>